0: Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick. I am the Spock to Ken's Captain Kirk. I'm the introspective scientific one to Ken who gets all the ladies. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Hockey Canada. We're going to be talking about the late, latest trades and signings. And we are going to be talking about an experience of mine. My favorite subject, me. Me. Ken, we are fully remote today. We are both of yes. us are
1: both of us are offsite, if you will. We
0: are yes. We have the Grand Bend uh, offices of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell, and I am coming from the Cleveland Best Western. <laughs> I'd rather and... be where
1: I am than you are. <laughs>
0: Me too. <laughs> Let me tell you, this best western is uh not the best western I've ever been in. It's uh it's it's a subpar western, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's a mediocre
1: western. Anyways at best tell us, tell us why. <laughs> Mediocre at best, best Western. Tell us why you are at a best Western in Cleveland, Ohio at the, at the moment, still. And tell us why. Regale well, us. the story.
0: The obvious reason as to why I'm at a Cleveland best Western is because it's the exact halfway point between Elmira, New York, and Chicago, Illinois. Okay. What, isn't that obvious? Isn't that and the just, only reason why somebody would be in Cleveland? That's right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, Or to go to
1: the Hall of Fame. Um, but, But tell us why you are en route from Elmira to Chicago.
0: So I just got back or got in here. I guess I'm not back anywhere. From the Federal Prospects Hockey League free agent camp. I snagged myself an invite. I showed them videos of other goalies and told them that was me. (laughs) (laughs) I snagged myself an invite and I spent, uh, like three or four days at, uh, at a professional tryout camp. And I'll tell you something, Ken, it was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed myself quite a lot. This is for the Elmira. What are they? Elmira. (laughs) The Elmira mammoth and the Mississippi sea wolves were both there scouting. Uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah um i liked it a lot uh i got to talk a lot of smack it uh <laughs> it was uh it was an interesting one so i i walked into the change room the first day and all there were nine goalies and all nine of us were in the same change room and it was completely silent and i'm thinking to myself i'm uncomfortable with silences so how do i break the ice here and so you know, so I just turn around to the first guy in the room. And I say, what year are you? The guy goes, 2001. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that sucks. Next guy. What year are you? 1999. All right. Better. What year are you? 2001. What? Anyways, the, the oldest guy there was 93 or something like that. Right. Was 1993. And of course myself, I'm 1990. Right. Then there's uh, two guys that were 1999. Everybody else was after 2000. And so I'm like, all right, well, other than me, there's only three guys here born in God's decade and the rest of you heathens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so, so you're th- the best part of this is you're 32 years old and you're, and you're trying out for the Federal pro- Prospect League. You're trying to be a pro hockey player at the age of 32. And now, well, you're, on, now you're on your way to try out in Chicago for the Watertown Wolves, Right.
0: That's correct. There's actually also an SPHL team scouting there, but, uh, I, I have little interest in, in going to the South. Uh, you know, I, this has to work with my family, you know, if I'm going to do so, this.
1: So, so the SPHL, that's like all the Florida teams and stuff, right?
0: Yeah. But there are Southern teams in, in the FPHL. I don't know. It's a whole mix and teams kind of cross over between the okay. SP and the FP and it's, it's okay. just a whole okay. it's a whole mishmash of, uh, of things here, but you know, I, I'll say this, um, my biggest surprise, my biggest surprise was when I made a really nerdy math joke in the lineup to do the coaches meetings. And uh, and I got a big belly laugh from several players. And I thought, huh, well, these are my kinds of hockey players.
1: <laughs> terrible. They're trying terrible. The federal provincial Pr- federal prospect league. <laughs> Terrible yeah. hockey players. They're Terrible kind of hockey. hockey
0: players. Hey, I walked away with no bruises, so I don't know what's wrong with these guys. Or maybe they just kept scoring, and I didn't get in front of any of the pucks.
1: So were the, <laughs> you were the, there were nine goalies there. You were the second or third best one. Is that what you is that what you were saying?
0: Um. So the goalie that got there was a draft at the end, and there's only two goalies drafted and four yep. players drafted. Yeah. Uh, I asked both coaches where they had me. They both said middle of the pack. So. I guess that's between 5 and 3, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh and then and then the uh, goalie that got drafted first overall actually came over to me, found me and said uh and said I'm shocked you weren't taken. I I had you high up at least top 3. Wow. And uh, uh but I but the goalie that got drafted first overall, I also I thought he was the best goalie there. So that was a good pick and the goalie that got drafted second overall, I I don't, I don't know that I would have made that same decision, but uh, you know, it is, it is what it is in the coaches meeting. They told me that I was the best puck tracker of the group, but they said that I was uh, out of shape, which they bag skated us several times and I'm a goalie. I don't do bag skates. You know, (laughs) (laughs) if you take an Olympic, you know, clean, you know, lifter, right. Weight lifter. And you make him run a marathon, you're going to tell me that the guy's way out of shape, you know? It's just not, you know. So, uh, but you know, I thought they thought I was middle of the pack, well thinking that I was a big fat slob. So, <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Well,
1: you know what? So now it's onwards and onward to the next one and and see where that
0: Onwards and sideways words.
1: This is this is awesome. Like this is awesome. Like you are just going to chase the dream and and you're having a great time. That's that's fantastic.
0: Can I tell you one other story from the goalie locker room? Of course you can. It's, uh, it's pertinent, right? So as you know, uh, the uh, Twitter blows up every so often about who was the best goalie of all time, right? Yep. And uh, I, I think that it is more basic to dunk on Martin Brodeur than it is to think that Martin Brodeur was the best of all time. So I, I polled the room, top three goalies of all time. And believe it or not, Marty Broder won, hands down. I think there was three votes for him. There was, like, two for Hashik, two for and uh, one for Vasilevsky, which was interesting. I thought that that was an interesting yeah. take.
1: Well, that's um, probably the youngest, the youngest guy in the room probably did
0: that one. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of which, like, after the bag skates, like, that, like a 19-year-old turns to me and goes, I'm going to puke. And I'm, like, well, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I did it. I wasn't the fastest, but I did it. <laughs> um yeah, no, you're right. He's probably the youngest guy in the room, but but you know what? Like, I, I see nothing wrong with uh with any of those takes. Um, but where was that going with this? So then I, I kind of mentioned. Then we were talking about the best goalie last year, and I of course brought up goals saved above expected, you know. And then a bunch of the guys, oh, blah blah blah, not you know, advanced stats, garbage, you know, you know, hockey players, right? Yeah. Blah blah blah. And then I was like, and then I, they're like, it's all all the stats are all subjective, anyways. And I was like, no, no, no because no they, take, <laughs> they take the average of scoring from this and this and then they, you know, and then like, what are the odds of this going in? The guy's like, yeah, what are the odds? That's subjective. And I'm like, no, that's actually by definition, objective. And so the guy started going back and forth with me and I don't know what came over my, my little pea brain. And I just said, listen, if you shut your yap for 10 seconds, I know it's scary because you might accidentally learn something here, but let me tell you how it works. <laughs>
1: Maybe there's a reason why you didn't make it. Maybe it <laughs> had nothing to do with your goaltending.
0: You kidding? Everyone loved me. I'll tell you, you know who I turned into? This is the last point I'll make about Norm this camp before you move on. What?
1: Like Norm from Cheers? Is no, you what know,
0: what you <laughs> Norm from Cheers. Norm! Hey. <laughs> you know who I turned into? I turned into Ken Campbell... At the hockey news podcast I'm sitting there and I'm going Hang on boys, grandpa needs to get his glasses on (laughs) (laughs) Gather around kids (laughs) Gather around kids I'm going to tell you about What the stacked pads feels like Story time Wow In the very first warm up I did a stacked pads windmill And gloved the puck off of somebody And I was like, well that's it I can just leave camp now (laughs) (laughs) So lastly, and I think that this brings us into our our next segment uh, quite well, something that really stuck out to me. uh, First of all, I really liked both coaches. Both of them had this very tough but fair mentality about them. You know, Uh, they'd cuss you out kind of thing, but they'd also tell you why they're cussing you out. So, you know, I'm okay with that kind of, you know. Um, And uh, anyways, the guy had a, a long speech at the beginning, but one of the things that he said was, he said, this isn't junior. This isn't college. Your parents aren't paying for you to be here. This is professional hockey. If you screw around, you're out. If you don't listen to the refs, you're out. If you're, you know, he said, if you, if you get in a fight, fine, fights happen. But when the ref tells you to stop, it's done. Don't chase the guy around the ice. You're out if you do that. Yeah. And he said, and then he went on and he extended that. You're representing the Federal Prospects Hockey League. If you treat people in the town poorly, you're out. If you, you know, go to the bar, treat the arena staff, treat the hotel staff, anything in the hotel, you're just out of here. And it, it just brought me to the thought about, of course, Hockey Canada, which we've had, you know, we've been covering so much and yourself especially. But, uh, you know, our last podcast was very heavy with that. And, you know, the fact that he specified this isn't junior. Your parents aren't paying for you to be here. You're out. And I thought, well, how hard is that to do in junior as well, even with your parents paying for you to be there? Just, you know, you, you've got to represent. You've got to, you've got to uh, act properly.
1: Well, yeah. and But, I mean, it's easier, I think, to tell that to, uh, to a 20-year-old kid who's, who's at the lowest rung of professional hockey and trying to sort of get his way in than it is to tell a superstar, that sort of thing. And, and I, like, I don't even know that they that that in Hockey Canada that they have to say that, like usually that's implied. And and for the most part, I think players are are I think most hockey players know that they have to toe the line, and especially now. Right. With everything that's at stake and and everything, I, I just you know, I mean, this was also in the middle of June that this allegedly happened. It was, you know, it was at a party. It was an off season. It was a celebration. You know, they, there was a pretty talk sort of, there was not a toxic mix, but a, you know, a real mix of circumstances there that, that could have led to something really bad. And it did. And most Mm -hmm. of it centered probably around too much alcohol consumption, which they had no control over at this thing. Um, You know, they, they say they're going to, you know, curb that now with their new action plan and everything. So, um, you know, I guess I guess that's that's a step in the right direction. Um, But. It's the culture thing, right? I don't blame, you know, well, I do blame, you know, the the people who are involved, whoever they were, um, you know, who are allegedly involved. But I I think it's more of a culture thing rather than a rather than a an individual thing.
0: So you bring up a good point, and, and maybe let's 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 drag my point even further back. I've seen, as I'm sure you've seen, um, myself having been around the GTHL a ton, I've seen guys, um, 15-year-old single-A kids treated like, you know, with kid gloves by their coaches because they don't want them to yeah. move yeah. on to double-A or they don't want them to do something else. They just want to make sure that they've got – and it's like – it's it's a 15 year old single a team like it's not um yeah, yeah like let's be honest with what it is here right like yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about the you're talking about the lowest rung of professional hockey we're talking right. about the lowest rung of of rep run. hockey right yeah, yeah. yeah hockey yeah, yeah 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 so so I mean like if, if you're right I guess in in the sense of it it's implied in hockey Canada, but if if we could get and of course the culture but if we can get that culture all the way back to single a all the way back to that, that place of, you know what I mean? Like you, you could be a superstar. Yes. You're, you're 10 years old or 12 years old, but like you are never in a position where, uh, you're so high and mighty that something can't be taken away from you. And, you know, when we interviewed Connor Bedard, it was very clear that he had this feeling that he had to work Yeah, yeah. and he had to be the best both on and off the ice if he wanted to uh, continue being Connor Bedard, his, his own analogy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and my understanding of why, you know, and of course it's just rumored speculation. So please, you know um, if this is wrong, I, I sincerely apologize, but my understanding as to why Shane Wright dropped is because he went into meetings and said, you should draft me because I'm Shane freaking Wright. Right. You know,
1: well, and. You, know, you know what? Shame on NHL teams if that's the case. Um, you know, I mean, to me, I think it's ridiculous that they even like if I were quite seriously, if I were a head scout in the NHL, I wouldn't even interview guys. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bother with it. I wouldn't even bring them in to interview them. I would do mm. all the due diligence with people around them. And I would talk to their coaches. I would talk to their minor coaches. I would talk to their high school teachers. I would talk to the people, all the people around them, their teammates, their junior coaches, everybody. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bring them in for an interview because I've seen more. I've I've heard of more mistakes based on interviews than anything else. Like you hear about these guys that, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not I'm not telling stories out of school here, but Tyler Toffoli was a terrible interview. He was a yeah. terrible interview for scouts. And I, yeah. I think he may have dropped in the eyes of a lot of scouts based on his interview. If Jenny Kuznetsov yeah. like they basically thought that guy was a unibomber. Like, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he interviewed so terribly and now there are a lot of teams going, Oh my God. Like I wish we had taken these guy, one of these guys. And conversely, there have been guys who have, who have interviewed great, who, you know, I mean, teams were like blown away by the interview process the only problem is the guy couldn't play. You know what I mean. So I would never, I would never personally interview guys ever. And like, I'm not going to hold it against Shane Wright for doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But but what I but what I will say is that you know when you're talking about the culture thing and 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 getting it back into minor hockey, I think that that is the most important aspect of all of this. I think that yeah. is the that that's I think that's where we really have to do have to start. And because, you know, my I'm I firmly believe that these these this culture exists and these some of these things happen because you're dealing with kids who are entitled and generally speaking, come from fairly rich families. Um, They've been told since they're five or six years old how special they are. Yeah. You know, and that's right around the same time they get funneled into elite programs. Like it happens yep. at the age of five or six with like super tight teams and 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 that sort of thing and then and that's the first barrier for entry for a lot of people right there at the age yeah. of five or six you know uh, so they're told how special they are you know they they play summer hockey they go to the brick tournament when they're ten years old in Edmonton and they're yep. scouted and have videos of them uh, and like I said I think I think a huge part of this culture is due to the fact that these kids are just told from the time they can skate how special and how great they are. And, and I, I think, you know, you contrast that with a place like Sweden where, I mean, I've, I know a lot of Swedish hockey players and I know a lot of Swedish people. And the thing that strikes me the most about them is they're not, they're, they're not the least bit impressed with themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the fact that, you know, in Sweden, they don't even play competitive hockey until they're 12 years old. You know, when they're Mm. kids that are five, six, seven, eight, you know, they're just playing loose games. They don't keep score. They don't keep stats. They don't keep standings, you know, that kind of thing. And 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 I think that's that's a big part of of the whole hockey culture in Canada is the star system we've set up around these young people. And it is a star system because we've created an elite system that is set up to fail. And it's and it also cr- creates like stars out of kids that just shouldn't be regarded that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that this is why other countries are starting to catch and surpass Canada in a lot of situations is because of our for profit junior model that that we have. And this idea that as opposed to the OHL, for example, as opposed to being a development league, right, right. It's it's a you know you're not taking a guy because you're like wow I could turn that guy into a really good player. And Greg Cahuli uh, talked about it our, on our last uh, podcast, right? And, and um, about development and stuff like that. And 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 it's uh, as opposed to that, you're just like you know what I've got a star player on my team. I'm going to ride him 28 minutes a night because he's young yeah. and can handle 28 minutes of ice time a night, and uh, that's what'll get me a win. And then when I go and apply for uh, an assistant coaching job in the NHL or a coaching job in the AHL, I show my wins, and it doesn't matter that it's because you had player X and player Y on your team and just you know rode them until their legs fell off. And conversely, to your point about how young they start, I mean I've had this issue where, uh, especially goaltending is a situ- is a position where you have to think the position a lot more than anything else, and because of that, goaltenders develop later and i've had the situation several times where i you know you're trying to get a goalie onto a team and it's like well we've had this kid in our system you know for five six years and it's like yeah well this kid i'm talking about didn't play goalie five six years ago or didn't or was you know what i mean it's just like it's you know to your point there's there's an elitist mentality where where these coaches are like, well, you have to have played triple a by X age. And it's like, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's not necessarily like, like just like, you have
1: to play summer hockey or you have to get one-on-one coaching. And by the way, I'm a one-on-one coach in my spare time. And this is how much I charge. Um, You might want to do that. And to me, like, like, I mean, in, in Europe, junior hockey is, is like, It's family and friends. That's it. Like, it's a develop, they treat it as a development league where, you know, like it's, it's, it goes, you know, so you've got Modo and they go right down to minor hockey. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the organizations have their, their, their sort of feeder system right down through the ranks right and junior hockey in in europe and places like sweden and finland and 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 that like it's 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 a development league it's not like they're not trying to make a profit they're not trying to fill the building it's usually just family and friends and nhl scouts that are watching the games um Mm -hmm. it's not this big business right so i think that you know that obviously ties into it as well
0: you know you you wrote an article about that recently on KenCampbell.substack.com. Um, check it out. Subscribe. Com. If you're watching the show on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, Hockey Unfiltered. And of course, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment. Um, that would be great. Uh, so before we get off of this subject and move on to the next uh, aspect of it, I just wanted to say, you know, um, there is, of course, a debate happening as to whether or not uh, Hockey Canada should even be playing in this tournament or whether they should be recusing themselves. Uh, Greg Cahouli on Twitter did say that Hockey Canada should not, absolutely not be playing. Um, Full disclosure, I do disagree with him, but at the same time, I have just such utmost respect for him. Yeah. as a person and, and just, and even for his intellect and all the rest of it and a fellow goaltender. <laughs> right. Um, and, but so I, you know, I, I, I hesitate to dismiss what he's saying. Uh, but I do think that it, it warrants discussion. So your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, that's a, that's a difficult one. I mean, obviously Russia isn't playing in this because of, you know, I mean, there are there are kids in Russia that are that are not playing in the World Juniors right now, out of no fault of their own, other than the fact that they live in a country that's run by a tyrant who invaded another country, right? Um, you know, that's and and I and I and I have pointed out the you know in the past I've pointed the
0: hypocrisy out
1: the, the hypocrisy and double standard because you know yeah. in two thousand and three the U S went into Iraq and 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 started a war based on dubious, false information. Um, and, and nobody was talking about USA, you know, sitting out any, any, uh, international tournaments in 2003. Um, so, you know, I mean, they you know, it, that's a difficult call. Um, you know, I mean, should they be playing? Um, I don't know. I, I you can certainly make that case that the IHF should step in, and discipline Canada over this. And, and part of that discipline may be that they can't host tournaments in the future, or maybe even can't play in these tournaments in the future. Um, you know, this one was coming up. It's, you know, it, it would have been pretty difficult to, to change gears, I think, right in the middle of all of this with it, you know, being so close to the world juniors this summer. Um, but what I do think is what, what I, what I believe the, the proper, way of dealing with this is I, I I really don't know how much money they're going to make from this one. They're certainly not going to make as much as they've made in the past a, because it's in the middle of the summer and B because their sponsors have all bailed and, and, and everybody's distancing themselves from this. Um, But I mean, I'm sure they're going to make some money. And when it's held in Canada, the revenues from the world juniors, 50% go to hockey Canada and 35% of them go to the Canadian hockey league. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's like, that's like 85% majority. That's all, all the revenues go to two, to two, to to two hockey organizations right now that are facing a time of reckoning and are really being, you know, put under, you know, their feet are being put to the fire here. Right. (laughs) So what I would do if I were the IIHF is like, no, 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 no. Uh, We're going to take that money and we're going to put it in escrow. And when you show us that you've made the changes that you say you're going to make, and that you, you know, that 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 we deem to be acceptable, um, you'll get your money, you know? Um yeah. but until then, uh no, you're not gonna make it you're not gonna make a shitload of money off of this tournament with a culture that is that is result resulting in things like that, like this happening. Yeah. You know, no. So you'll get your money when, you know, and and nothing talks like money, you know what I mean? Like I mean, yeah. that's the only reason why they're playing this really <coughs> tournament um nothing yeah to money it's 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 all based on money and that's a big part of it too is is you know in the mid 90s in 1991 when they held it in saskatoon um i think hockey canada that was the turning point for hockey canada they looked at the crowds that they got they looked at the interest in it and they saw a massive cash cow and they started seeing dollar signs and 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 it's been driven by dollars pretty much ever since um, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I think that's also a big part of this as well. So, yeah. uh, and but, but I, like I wrote yesterday, I think, I think maybe if anything that, you know, any good that comes out of this is maybe, maybe we all dial it back a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and instead of making these guys superstars, you know, they're just young kids who are playing for their country, you know, and let's just enjoy the fact that they're, playing for their country they're you know the, some of them are going to be future NHL stars most of them actually won't the yeah. vast majority of the kids playing in this tournament will not be NHL yeah. stars actually the vast majority of them will never see an NHL game um, because you've got you know as, as if you know I mean you counterbalance you know the Canadas and USAs and Swedens and and Finlands and then you've got Austria and Switzerland and Latvia and and yeah. and stuff like that and and you know the vast majority of those guys are never going to get to an NHL game unless they pay for it you know so right. so I, I think I think if there's one good thing to come of all of this it's that maybe you know the the whole sort of pall that's cast around this tournament will make us kind of realize that it's not the be-all and end-all we don't have to get totally tribal about it yeah and maybe we can just enjoy it for what it is instead of making it into something it, it isn't you know mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah. yeah yeah I mean part part of the issue with junior hockey uh is it's it's actually kind of funny cuz it's sort of been on my mind as I've been doing this FPHL thing which is that um you know mid to small sized towns and cities in the US have a lot of different hockey uh yeah. avenues yeah. and and, you know, uh, one of the first things that they said to us was, was they're like, they're like, if you think that you're trying out for a joke league, this is not a joke league. Um, I forget what city it was, but like their FPHL team has higher attendance numbers than the AHL team in that same city. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. Now nobody's saying it's a better league. It's not a better league, <laughs> no,
1: it's not.
0: but it might be no. better than entertainment. It might be right. better entertainment. But my point is, is that, you know, Elmira has a team. Watertown has a team. All these towns have a team. So, whereas in Canada, what we get is what's Oshawa's team, the Generals. What's Sudbury's team, the Wolves. What's Sarnia's team, the Sting. What's Guelph's team? All of our, all of those, like those, not caliber of NHL. And the OHL might even be a higher caliber than than the FPHL. I, I, it'd be an interesting, uh, assessment to see if you, if you did a charity game between two teams in each one. But my, my point is, is that, is that it, that vacuum of small town teams in the U S is more often filled by minor hockey leagues, right. whereas minor hockey leagues in Canada tend to fizzle and fail very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Right. In the, uh, underneath the juggernaut of the CHL right right which which yeah. rules the roost in this sense and yeah, I mean, and it's just been an interesting thought the brampton beast
1: uh, played in the echl I mean, I mean i mean i mean junior hockey to to be fair junior hockey failed in brampton too i right. mean you know they had they had matt Duchesne and they still couldn't draw people you know what i mean like yeah. uh, so so i mean i mean there is that it might be a bit of a false equivalency but you've got you know you, you know toronto tried to have you know until the leafs took over the marlies they had a the toronto roadrunners and they mm-hmm. failed and and yeah i mean there've been you know in in a lot of canadian markets the ahl team has failed and now they're basically bringing them to the the same market as they're in you know not mostly for salary cap reasons and for for efficiency you know yeah so, yeah. yeah
0: so with the knowledge that they're going to be losing money on said team but making the money on their NHL team and the ability to ice the best NHL team every night that they possibly can. Like you said, for salary cap reasons and efficiency. So yeah, that's, that's been a thought of mine. And of course, you know, then you're dealing with a situation, like I said, where um, you've got adults playing and adults are the subject of that scrutiny and that, and that spotlight in these, in these cities and in these towns, right. As opposed to children being, being the subject of that. I mean, no better example than every year, every year at the World Juniors, Twitter goes a buzz with reminders. Hey, these are children. Yeah. If somebody screws up, somebody misses a pass, misses a check, misses an assignment, they are children.
1: Yeah, but you know what? And and it but it's but it's a lot of times it's hockey Canada that's saying that. Right. And you know what? OK, we know they're children. So if they're children, then don't don't like d- don't shine the spotlight so brightly on them and then expect us to to, to, to remember that they're children when they screw up. I mean, these are not, kids, yeah, these are kids that are at the elite level. Right. Like they yeah. they've been playing, you know, international tournaments all their lives, you know. And and so like to me, I see that to me, that one that one doesn't wash. You know, I mean, so, OK, so Hockey Canada, if you're going to make superstars out of these guys and you're going to expose mm. them and you want to make them, you know, you want to make them household names for two weeks, then, you know, you do have to deal with the downside of that, of that spotlight being shone on them. And then it's like, no, yeah. you can't come back to us and say they're children and that, you know, they're this and they're that. No, you are you made them into what they are. Mm. So, you know, it's a false equivalency in, in a lot of ways.
0: You're talking about the Litterbug campaign. It's very interesting. As you're saying this, I, I, I can't help but think about the Litterbug campaign, which was um, companies got tired of seeing their, their name, their logo. Let's say it's uh, McDonald's or Twinkies or whatever, right? As blowing across the street because people would throw the wrappers on the floor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so they, they created this campaign, Don't Be a Litterbug, right? And, and created this idea of the fault is on you. But meanwhile, they're the ones that are still overpackaging the food, yep. which is causing the actual issue. Whether it goes into a garbage can and winds up in a landfill or winds up blowing across the street, that's just an aesthetic issue. That's not an issue of environmentalism, et cetera. Right? But they but they essentially have this ingenious way of saying, like, no no no, you're the problem here. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. not us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not that you have to have an advanced, you know, uh, uh, you have to be a, a master lock picker to get out your Twinkie, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyways, sh- shall, shall we move on and talk about a, a little bit about the actual tournament and actual Team Canada? And yes,
1: Yes, we shall. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: All right. So let's talk, let's talk about actual uh, team Canada, the tournament. Uh, What are you looking for? What are you excited about? Uh, You know, it's in the dog days of summer, but uh, frankly, I love hockey this summer. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm not so big fan. I'm not so keen on it. Um, Well,
1: you know what? I, I I think we, you know, and I wrote this yesterday, actually, and, and, And and I I think it's I think I think it's it's something that we have to remember is that, yeah, there is a there's a huge cast over this tournament, you know, for a number of reasons, you know, the the most prominent of which is the is the scandal. Um, But, you know, I mean, also the fact that it's being played in the middle of August and and, you know, I mean, Canada is missing, you know, five or six guys who they otherwise would have had. Uh, because they're getting ready for for NHL camp instead of playing in the World Juniors. I mean, every team is every team has been you know decimated in in some way or another. But but I, you know I think it's 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 important to remember that there will still be some really good hockey over the next twelve days. Um, that there will be some you know very very gifted young players who will be playing for their countries and and it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good tournament. It always is. Um, and, and I think we have to remember that as far as team Canada is concerned, um, you know, I, I I think their biggest challenge will be, uh, you know, the, they'll they'll have two challenges overcoming the, 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 the guys that aren't there and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, being the best team with, you know, with what they have. And second, I think, you know, the distraction of everything that's around this is, is going to be a tall order for them um but they are gonna be on paper as always on paper they're probably the best team in the tournament even though they don't have Owen Power even though they don't have Caden Gooley even though they don't have uh, a whole bunch of guys um but you know they do have Mason McTavish they do have Kent Johnson um they do have Connor Bedard um and I mean those guys are all stuff Who? I, I think what's that
0: I said who? I was just kidding. Oh, when you yeah. said Conor I, think, <laughs>
1: I think Conor Bedard. I think Conor Bedard is going to be the the star of this tournament. I think he's going to be the best player in this tournament. I think Mason McTavish is going to be is going to be very very good, um, mm. but I think Conor Conor Bedard is going to is going to establish himself, um, you know, as the one of the best young players in the world in this tournament. Um, you know, Canada's got great goaltending. They've got very very solid defense. Um, you know, there, there, isn't, there isn't a real weakness in their, in their game. I think most people are expecting them to win the gold. Uh, but I, I'm actually picking another team to win the gold, and that's Finland. Um, oh. and, and I know, and, and, and part of it is, you know, zagging when other people zig, because everybody's picking <laughs> Finland. But let, let's, let's think about this, okay? So Finland's on a major hockey terror right now, right? Like they uh, are, yeah. Champions, they're men's world champions. Um, you know, if they can, if they can win the world juniors, um, it'll be the first time any country has won those three tournaments in the same year. The the mm. Olympics, the world, the men's world championships, and the and the 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 world juniors. Um, so, so I think that's some real incentive. But I think they have some greater incentive. Some of their best players are really underappreciated. Aturati, who is going to be a stud for this team, you know, was picked 50 something by the New York Islanders in 2021. You know, Brad Lambert was picked 30th, I think uh, this year. And, um, and Joaquin Kemmel was picked 17th by Nashville in the draft. And that's way lower than I think all those guys expected to be picked. They really Mm -hmm. dropped in the draft. So I think they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And I mean, you know, is Finland the best team? No, but they're never the best team. They're almost never the best team when they enter a tournament. But they play like buggers, and mm-hmm. I think they've got some incentive this time. And and I, I I just look for them to do something really special here. I, I, yeah. I you know, and, and I mean, no, it, you know, is is it going to happen? Who knows? Like it's a prediction for God's sake. So stop, you know. It's let, also if, a if tournament go that me,
0: has unpredictability.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're going to go after me, stop it because it's a prediction. So be quiet. But but I, I also think that you know, I mean, Finland has some has some real kind of they've got some momentum behind them and yeah. you know you look at i look at finland canada usa you know possibly sweden you know the the, re- the regular suspects and russia would have been in there too if if, yeah. they, if they had been involved but um you know i don't think there's going to be any surprises that way i think the medalists are going to come out of four teams three medalists are going to come out of four teams and that's mm-hmm. canada usa sweden and finland you know, yeah. you're gonna get. You're almost certainly gonna get your three medalists out of those teams. You know, Slovakia. You know, could have maybe challenged if all of their best players were playing. Slavkovsky, Mesar, and uh, and Nemets, but none of them are playing in this tournament. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, the checks. The checks will be good, but they probably don't have enough. You know, and forget about everybody else. Like Switzerland, forget it. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they're they're missing their best players. Austria is missing their best players and they're not even you know, they're not not even a competitive team to start with. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. What used to be said about Finland and it's still somewhat you, although they're they're producing more and more superstar players. But it used to be said that they produce the best third line players in in the uh, league or in the and, world. Right. Yeah, and and
1: at one time and goalies at one time.
0: Now, yeah, like, well, it's it, goalies seem to transfer from country yeah, to country.
1: Russia is kind of taken that over now. So
0: Right now it's Russia. A few years yeah. ago it was U.S. Before yeah. that it was Finland. Before yeah. that it was Sweden. Before that it was Canada. Yeah. And before that it was Canada for another 150 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I was in um, the room that I was in with nine goalies. Three of us were Canadian, myself from Toronto. Uh did you notice that I pronounced the T, that was just for you, Ken. Okay. Thank um you. uh one guy from Winnipeg who was like six five and uh pretty good goalie. And one guy from um uh Gatineau. And uh so there's three Canadians, so that's a third of the room was Canadian, and the Americans literally to a man said uh Canada's winning this tournament because of Sebastian Cosa. Oh, uh yeah very, the whole room was extremely high in Sebastian Cosa. And it's not to say that goalies always know the most about goaltending because it's not necessarily true, but uh, it's not a bad <laughs> indication either, right? Like, you know, if a bunch of fellow practitioners of your craft, you know, at a decently high level are all saying that you're incredible, then uh, yeah. there's yeah. there's got to be something to it. Um, the other person that I'm looking at, and, and I just... I think that Canada has a real opportunity to be a very, very entertaining team, and and the one that that I'm looking at is, is Ryan O'Rourke. is such an incredibly uh, offensive defenseman, and his skating is uh, par excellence. Like he's just, um, I know that his his skills, his off season skills training is a husband and wife duo uh, named Ashley and Josh that work out of Oshawa. And Ashley is a former figure skater and Josh is a former pro hockey player. And uh, so they have at least an hour of skating drills. And I I had the privilege of being on the ice with them a couple of times. And let me tell you, those skating drills are not easy. I, I couldn't do them at all. All right. They literally skate one on one leg around every circle on the ice and then do it backwards on the other leg. You know what I mean? Like, so, and if you read his scouting report, it is very quick changes of direction and, you know, and stuff like that. And so I look at, I I look at him as the, as the archetype, but I, but, uh, but in general, just looking at Canada's defense, it's not a lot of, you know, like Caden Gooley would have been the guy, the big hulking kind of, you know what I mean? Guy in front of the net, but Canada's defense is for the most part, guys that can really move that puck quickly and guys that can really skate exceptionally well. And I see that as being...
1: Yeah, guys like that, yeah. yeah.
0: I see that as being a very uh, exciting and enticing thing to watch. And and if you've got the goalie that can cover some of those mistakes, I, I'm a firm believer that no goalie can cover all of the mistakes, but if you've got a goalie that can cover some, uh, you've got yourself a fascinating team. Very fascinating and again, team. And
1: again, I mean, Sebastian Kocha isn't going to have to be that goalie. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's going to be, you know, he probably won't be the best goalie in the tournament. You know, it'll probably be Jesper Wallstadt because he is the best goalie in this tournament is for Sweden. Right. I mean, he was lights out. They played three games and he was lights out, you know, in December before the, the whole thing shut down. Um, yeah. you know, but he doesn't have, but, but Sebastian Kosa doesn't have to be the best goalie in this tournament. He just, yeah. has to, again, I, the way I always say it, he just has to be good. He just has yeah. to be good. and, He's capable of being very, very good.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on to the final segment. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, trades and signings, etc. And uh, before we start talking about that, check out KenCampbell.Subset.com. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, myself at underscore Dylan Waugh, spelled W-A-U-G-H, and of course Ken is at Ken underscore Campbell twenty seven and. Like, subscribe, leave reviews—all of that uh, excellent stuff. That uh, all that excellent stuff to do. So there, we didn't really talk about this trade the, on our last podcast because uh, actually, it might not have happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which seems seems to me to be a pretty good reason to not talk about the trade. But we didn't because we didn't
1: have a podcast last week. That would be why
0: we didn't have a podcast last week. Yes, and we uh, anyways. Talk. Yeah. Shoot us. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> um uh so Jonathan Uberdo and Mackenzie Wieger and a first round pick for Matthew Kachuk. Am I getting that right? I just did that off the top of my head. Yep, I believe so. That's that's the trade. So let's let's talk about that trade in a vacuum first and then we'll talk about the contract extensions with that trade. Let's just let's just in a vacuum, how do you feel I think, about it? But
1: I, think, but I think they're part and parcel of one another. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's. Uh, I don't think you can talk about one without the other, because both okay. of them. You know, the, both of the both of the the, the the primary players in this trade were very quickly signed to long term extensions. Um, okay. You know, uh, Matthew Kachuk with, uh, with Florida and, and, and Jonathan Huberto with, with, with Calgary. So, I mean, yeah. that's all. I think that has to be part and parcel with the whole thing. I think yeah. you, knew that, you, you knew that Matthew Kachuk, you had a pretty good idea that Matthew Kachuk was going to sign long-term in Florida. Uh, what you didn't yeah. know is whether or not Jonathan Huberto would, and, and he did for 10.5 million times eight, which yeah. is what the, what the Calgary Flames had to do. I mean, they they had to do this. I mean, they could not, they, could, they couldn't they could lose Johnny Gaudreau. They couldn't lose Matthew Kachuk and then trade for Jonathan Huberto and then lose him a year later. They just, it yeah. was, they had to give him this contract. Um, this contract is not going to look good in the final three years, but it's going to look really good for the first half of it. And I think that's all mm-hmm. that Calgary cares about right now is, you know, they they had something going. Uh, it got slammed shut in the summer, and now they've opened that window again. You know, um, they're back to contender status, and they will be for the next, you know, four years or so. I mean, Jonathan Huberdeau's twenty-nine; he can he can play at a very high level probably for the next three or four years, and then it's going to get ugly. Um, but mm-hmm. then you deal with it then. And I, I don't think the Calgary Flames. I, you know, I, I I'm pretty convinced that most teams when they sign these deals um they're not worried about the final three years they think no they 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 figure the cap's going to go up whether or not it will i'm not sure i mean because for the next what is it at 10 percent this year the escrow and then it's then it's even lower for the three years after well mm-hmm. you know i mean the players still have to pay back a lot of money um so the cap is not going to go up with escrow that low you know mm-hmm. and that, that's something that that the players never were able to get their heads around, you know, they want to get their money. They want to get all of their, but, but they don't realize <clears throat> that salaries are going to be stagnant. So, um, you know, maybe in four or five years, the cap goes up, um, you know, and then you deal with it then, you know, when it becomes that you, you find this year's, you know, that year's version of the Arizona coyotes. It might still be the Arizona coyotes for all we know, um, you know, and you, you dump that contract there and, and you kind of move on.
0: Yeah, um, I think, you know, it, it It really reminds me so much. We made it 49 minutes in. Here's my Montreal reference. Okay. It reminds me so much of uh, when Montreal lost Deneau and Cockney, I mean, in the offseason and replaced them both with Christian Dvorak. You've lost Goudreau and Kachuk. And your replacement is um, Jonathan Uberdeau. Now, I think, you know, I tend to judge who won or lost a trade by who got the best player in that trade. And I tend to think that it's Jonathan Uberdeau. But, uh, you know, obviously Matthew Kachuk's age, the fact that his contract will probably be every one of them a good year. But I also, I can't help but to remember that uh, the year before last, Jake Muzzin broke Kachuk's brain. <laughs> he flipped the puck at him and just yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 completely uh, destroyed his season over a flipped puck. The kid could never get get his mind uh, didn't get his mind right, boss. You know. Well, he's, um, he
1: was having, he was already having a pretty crappy season last year. Yeah, Not this past year, but the one before that twenty. We're talking twenty twenty one, right? So. Yes. Yeah
0: yeah so I, I, you know anyways but uh, I just you know Calgary is one of those teams that uh, like, like I said the, a lot of talent walked out the door and now Uberdo I like better than Goudreau I know that that's a bit of a hot take um, and I, I like him better than Kachuk but I don't like him better than Goudreau and Kachuk yeah, Right. Yeah, You know, Uh, I think that he's, he's just such a fantastic player. And I think that he brings a little bit of physicality that Goudreau can't. And, and I think he's got a, and, but again, Goudreau, again, two years ago, we're talking about, is he really Johnny Goudreau anymore? You know? And last year he had a fantastic season. So it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, there's this trade, has such recency bias about the value of Goudreau and Kachuk. Whereas Uberdo has been... Uberdeau, no, but Uberdo too. I mean, he had a career year this year. Yeah, but he's been excellent for the last three or four years.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Right? Whereas Kachuk okay. and Goudreau have put up genuine, genuine stinkers in the last few years. Right, right. Like at least one right. stinker each, right? So it's... It's an interesting one to me, but, yeah, I, I, I think that if you're talking about who's got the better team at the end of the offseason, I say Florida.
1: Really, eh? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'll, 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 I'll take that, and I'll say, what does everybody say wins championships?
0: What, you think that defense? You think that Mackenzie Wieger is the big piece of this trade? No, but, but look at the defense course. Look at the defense corps as as, as in right. total. I mean Calgary's
1: yeah. defense corps is ten times better than Florida's, maybe, maybe yeah. more Yeah, and than-
0: they've managed to re-up their big their big guns as well.
1: Well, they they uh, haven't th- like Weaker hasn't signed yet. So um, you know, I mean, but but I mean But you
0: know, Shillington, looks- right? Didn't they didn't they just recently re-sign Shillington?
1: I don't think so. No, they no, he's still got two years left on his deal. So they've got okay. they've got they've got a top six of Noah Hannafin. Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanov, Nikita Zadorov, Mackenzie Wieger, and Oliver Shillington. Two, four, yeah. six. Yeah, that I don't know that anybody has a better top six in the league. I, in fact, I don't. I don't think anybody has a better top six in the league. Um, you know, so I mean, that is they are going to be. You know, assuming that um, you know that they don't trade any of those guys um they are going to be airtight defensively they're going to be very very good defensively they've got Jacob Markstrom who, who is you know a very very good goalie doesn't a finalist um you know if you look at that at it that way and then you go to florida i mean wow they they they're hurting on defense i mean yeah you know radko gudas is their number 4 defenseman right now you know gustav forsling is number 3 like they are they're they're hurting.
0: <laughs> they're I hurting. like Gudas a lot, by the way. I I like Gudis a lot. Any any man, you know, with a, with a, 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 a with an impressive beard as as yeah, good yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 but no, good isn't it isn't is an, me, is an, is an analytics me, darling, one, though. Yeah. eh?
1: to me, to me, Florida is one Aaron Eckblad injury away from maybe not making the playoffs. And and I say that. Yeah, also,
0: you're right about that. You're right about that. Aaron,
1: Aaron Eckblad does tend to get injured, but. Yeah. Like if he goes down for a super long period of time? Yeah. That defense yeah. is scary bad.
0: So to me Yeah, you're you're I, not wrong about that.
1: To me I th- I I'm going to disagree with you. I think Calgary I think Calgary's the better team. I think Calgary's the better team.
0: You you definitely make good points. I mean, it is a, a classic situation of one team has the better offense and one team has the better defense, right? Um yeah. and and both teams have the potential to have excellent goaltending, but also, you know, if Markstrom goes down or has a bad season, yeah, then Calgary is their goaltending is done. Whereas if Bobrovsky goes down or has a bad season, Florida has options, right? Okay. Mainly Spencer Knight. Right. Um, so quickly before we get out of here, let's just uh, let's let's throw out the uh, the old Patrice Bergeron re-ups in. Um, in Boston, that's the, that's the city, right? Yes. Says a lot of nice things. Boston is my home. Blah blah blah. And then, who comes out of the woodwork? But the long forgotten, much beloved David Krejci. Yep. Do you think Boston has a chance this year?
1: Um, no, because they're too old. They're too old. <laughs> but, but I mean, they've they've kept the band together. And I mean, yeah, David one year for $1 million and but Patrice Bergeron one year for two and a half with with very achievable bonuses of of another two and a half million. Um, Yeah. You know, that's incredible. I I would argue and and, and I've been thinking about this. I would argue that I'm not sure that there's ever been an NHL player like like seriously in history that has been a better. Bargain. Than
0: value, better Absolutely. value, better
1: value, better value player than yeah. than Patrice I'm not sure there's yeah. there's ever there's ever been one. I mean, this guy has been consistently underpaid, and yeah. and he doesn't care, you know. And and they're able to do that in Boston for a, a lot of reasons. Uh, I I don't quite understand why they've been able to do it, but they've been able to keep all <laughs> of their core players. And convince them to take less money than they would have gotten elsewhere, maybe with the yeah. exception of Charlie McAvoy, who's making 9.5 and and yeah. could very well be the next captain of this team after Patrice Bergeron retires. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I, I you know, to me, like I've been thinking about it and I, I can't think of a better value player in the history of the NHL than Patrice Bergeron. I just can't. Yeah. You know. I mean, relative to what everybody else makes. I mean, yeah, okay. So yeah. Wayne Gretzky scored 92 goals and he was making 400 grand. We know that, but still, he was still probably the top player in the league, top paid player. Yeah, league, exactly. You know that sort of thing. So, so I mean, relative to what his peers make, I, I just, I just can't think of a better of a better value player than Patrice Bergeron
0: ever yeah you, you have to compare salary cap era to salary cap era you know what yeah. i mean it's yeah. it's just it's just not reasonable otherwise you know um that was the joke about the detroit red wings walked in with a 68 million dollar uh salary and and played the st louis blues with about you know two and a half million dollars of salary you know what i mean like <laughs> you, you you have to compare salary cap era it's or else it's just yeah, the yeah. whole thing falls apart yeah um yeah. you know I, I think about it as almost like the exact same thing as uh when I walked out of my coach's meeting, the coach said, you know, said, you're a little, you you seem a little out of shape. And I said, uh, I said, well, you know, he said, you're a little slow on certain. And I said, well, you know, most, the best part of my game is my positioning and my play reading and stuff like that. And he said, oh yeah, you're absolutely the best puck tracker here. Yeah. Right. And, uh, (laughs) and I walked out of the coach's meeting and uh, you know, it's kind of mixed messages. And, and you know, the guys in line behind me are all looking at me like, okay, how'd it go? And I said, So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci resigning. I agree with you. They're too old. It's just, it's, it, it really just keeps Boston in that situation of maybe they do round one, maybe they do round two, but, uh, but it just, they're not, you know, but I just see all the Boston fans going, so you're saying there's a chance, right? And
1: there is, and there is, there is. Of
0: course there is. Yeah. They're they're absolutely. Montreal Montreal made it to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal made it to the finals. I don't have
1: a chance, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I look at them. Like I look at like people in Pittsburgh, you know, probably saying the same thing. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there is, but wow. That's an old, (laughs) old, old team at every position. I I just don't, I I just don't see a team of that ilk being able to, 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 to go through that frenetic pace for two months of the year and, and then come out on top.
0: So. Not unless they're willing to play the Scranton Wilkesbury uh, Penguins for the right. entire year yeah. and <laughs> somehow squeak into a playoff spot, and then you know take uh, Sidney Crosby out of his seven month ice bath right. and right. Uh, and say here you go. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, it,
1: great, you know, great moves by Boston. You know, I mean, keeping these legacy players around. You know, I mean, Patrice Bergeron just would have looked stupid in any other uniform other than the Boston Bruins. Um, yeah, it would have been one that just wouldn't have looked been a good look at all, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and good on Boston. They've been able to keep their core players um, and been able to convince them to take way less money than they would have made elsewhere. And they've been one of the premier teams in the NHL because of
0: that. But Bergeron might turn around and decide to do the Thomas Pocanics, which Thomas Picanic, uh turned around and said and accepted a trade to Toronto. With the knowledge of re-signing back in Montreal the next year, and you know, if Ber- if Bergeron, I don't like, think so. I don't think so. No, no. But but hear, hear me out here. By having such a low salary, by having yeah. such a low salary, and and a and a no move clause, a, a full no move clause that he has complete control over, if he he leaves himself the most doors open, he could turn around and just say, you know what, I'll spend a month with. So and so and almost any team could figure out a way to fit them on their cap at the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Boston's gonna be in that spot. They're not gonna be a seller at the trade deadline. They're looking to they're looking to be a team that's contending, you know? And so I, I and, and I just I think Bergeron has made his has staked his his spot and he's like, I'm a Bruin for life. I'm yeah. prepared to be a Bruin for life and I'm not going anywhere. So I think that, I think that, you know, the, the Bruins, I think figure to be in a bit better in a, they don't figure to be trade deadline sellers, unless something goes, you know, seriously sideways for them. They have 51 wins last year, 51 wins. They were a good team last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing that I think is new coach and, uh, new coach and, you talked about being one Aaron Eckblad injury away from having a terrible defense. I mean, Boston's one Charlie McAvoy injury away from having a terrible defense. And, again, another guy who's had injuries.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know? you've also still got Campus Lindholm, and I, I think their defense is a lot better even without McAvoy than Florida would be without uh, without Eckblad. But I, I see your point. But I, I still think that you know this team is is going to be good enough in the regular season to you know hang with the playoff teams um, in the East, even though you know the East is a it's just a it's just a beast, right? Murderers like, Row. They're going to have to get 100 points. They're going to have to get 100 points to make the playoffs, yeah. uh, just yeah. like it took 100 points to make the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, but th- I, I think they, I think they'll they'll be right there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, like, like I said, there, I see ways that they could not be there, but I think all things being equal, they're probably there. I, I would tend yep. to agree with you, right? Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I don't think Beautiful so. Beautiful day in Grand Bend. It is a
1: lovely day. It's been raining here lately, and now today the, the, the uh, humidity's down, and it's a perfect August day. I'm getting out on my bike today.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And when Ken says that, he means with the pedaling and the staying in shape. When I say that, I mean, I'm going to sit down. And- right. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much for sticking around. Check out KenCampbell.Substack.com. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at underscore Wa and at Ken underscore Campbell27. Please leave a review, leave a like, leave a subscribe, leave a comment. We read them. Oh, somebody made a funny comment. what did they say? On YouTube. They commented on our video that was, uh, how good are the Colorado Avalanche? And we we did that video before going into the playoffs. Now, it's a bit of a troll fail, but, it, but I thought it was a funny comment anyways. And they commented, you don't know, question mark, exclamation mark. Now, it's if they took the time rhetorical. to look at the date. Sorry? It's rhetorical. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, they wrote but it I, now
1: they wrote it. Now I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They
0: wrote the comment now on on the thing that came out. Yeah. So it was almost a good troll. But you know what? Like you and I are both of the same milk in that sense. That uh, you know, if you're gonna have at us, be clever and we'll like it and we'll have some fun with it. Yeah, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 If you're gonna have at me, you know, at least be clever about it. Don't. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Anyways, leave my mother out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you again so much for sticking around, and uh, we'll see you again next week.